in the blue and the yellow? Why don't you meet the team after school? May we count on you in the future? Yeah, I think so. And bored of this. Into the Ringerverse. <laughs> you know what it is. It's Friday. So it's the Midnight Boys. <laughs> yes, this time um, we are not diving into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because that's over. That's over. We did that. We've talked about that. People are people are getting at me about some of our Falcon and the Winter Soldier takes. They're, they're upset that we didn't like the suit, Charles. They're insane. That suit. Did not look great. Uh, of all our takes, I'm surprised that's the one that people are like, nah, y'all went too far. I had somebody hit me up and said, it looks cool. Shut up. I'm like, wow. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Why? At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected. An inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue. A surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland. Watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being. Present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Of course, you guys know that the Ringerverse is your one-stop fee for all things fandom. Um, this is a special episode of The Midnight Boys, not centered around Falcon and Winter Soldier, like we just said, but we are reacting to the season finale and really the season as a whole of Invincible on Amazon Prime. Now, this is a show that I've been seeking the praises of. I know you have been too, Charles, but we haven't got a chance to hit it on The Midnight Boys yet. The show, show is over now. It was kind of an unexpected hit. I was not expecting it to, like, I love Invincible. We'll get into it. I'm a lifelong fan of Invincible. I'm very surprised that the masses, like, took to an animated series like they did Invincible because this is not IP. This is not Harley Quinn. These are completely new characters. Right, right. Okay, so we're going to dive into Invincible today. But check out Mal, the House of Mal, on Tuesday, May the 4th. May the fourth be with you. She is going to jump into a deep dive on the new Star Wars Disney Plus series, The Bad Batch, which I also am extremely excited for. And we're going to have more Ringerverse surprises coming next week as well. But yeah, right now, it's all about Invincible. Now, before we jump into the discussion of the season as a whole and of the season finale, why don't we just talk about Invincible season one itself. Wait, wait, wait. Let's pause really quick before sure. we have some housekeeping right now before we get into Invincible. All right. Yeah. I know you've been getting it from, from everywhere. Everyone's been at you. But I have to congratulate my boy, Academy Award winner. Oh. Van <laughs> We do it. And my boys back home, they would be mad at me. They would be mad at me if I didn't ask you one of the most important questions after getting one of those golden statues, are you ready? What's the most important question? Yo, Van, you know, I got bills, man. I got loans. Yo, can I hold some real quick? Like, ah! you, 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 <laughs> a little bit on the side real quick. I'm good for it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. I just, well, I'm glad you asked that because ain't nothing changed. <laughs> you know, that cash flow still flow from Spotify into the bank account and it ain't flowing nowhere to say, else. You sure you don't got like people back from like middle school being like, yo, Van, man, I got this script. Can you, could, could you look at it? You I will say this. I've, of course, getting a little bit of that. I will say this, though. All the love has been great. And if you do have a script, I do want to read it because we are looking for our next things to produce. And there are stories that need to be told. So I'm definitely going to be one of those people that remains accessible 
and who is really Stop lying. That's what they all say. I'm being for real. Oh, I, I already I already asked Van for, you know, like some tickets to next year's <laughs> Rock Nation's brunch. And he's like, nah, I don't know, man. I'll see what I can do. So we, you already changed up on the Midnight Boys. I'm not boys. a Rock Nation brunch type of guy, but I appreciate the well wishes. <laughs> no, though, I'm bro. seriously, but seriously, I'm very proud of you, man. Uh, a, a, a tear streamed down my my eye. I'm there. Congratulations, man. You deserve appreciate it. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you, my brother. Now, I cried as well. And I'm going to tell you why I cried today. Uh, but before I tell you why I cried at this last episode, let's talk about the season in and of itself. Now, you have an advantage on me on this podcast because you were an invincible comic book fan. The comic book, which came out, I think, around 2003 or 2004? 2003, 2004, early 2000s. Yes, this was this was when I was probably in middle school, High school, so this is like my series. Bold thing for me to say, but I believe it. It's it's a top five comic book series of all time when it's all said and done. Amazing. Now, I guess for a fan of the source material itself, why did it deserve your attention then? And why does it deserve anyone's attention away from the big bad stuff, the big awesome stuff happening uh, in the MCU? Why Invincible? What would you say? I think for the comic book series... Back then, you know, you had this guy, Robert Kirkman. This is, this is, I think, a few months before he would drop Walking Dead. So he is, he's not even at the, the peak of Robert Kirkman powers. And he creates Invincible, and it is not successful at first. Like, it, it, it does fine, but it's not until the Omni-Man twist of him being evil where people really start paying attention. And Robert Kirkman was, was really a pioneer in that he was coming in at a time where the comic book industry, you were either working for DC or you were, you were working for Marvel. And I think he very early on realized that he could make more money or maybe down the line, not then, but more money if he owned these characters. So like, I think he got the last laugh. And if you keep reading Invincible, you don't get this as much in the series, but not only is it a comic about comics and a comic about superheroes, it's very much a comic about Robert Kirkman's dissatisfaction with the big two. And I think you see that in a lot of the deconstructions of Omni-Man and like the Spider-Man, Peter Parker stories that run throughout Invincible, those send-ups. So I think for that, that's why like it's one of my favorite comic books of all time. And I think just watching the series, what I think is so brilliant about it is with WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I don't know if you feel this way, Van, but those are heavy series. One of them deals with grief. One of them deals with race. And it was very nice to have a break where you're just getting to watch a series that's just about how awesome superheroes and comic book superheroes are. And I kind of felt refreshed in that way. I, I'd agree with that. I'd also say that there is a beautiful brutality in the series that exists, that won't exist, shall I say, in anything that the MCU does. So... Something that the MCU has problems with are stakes. Hmm. Look, we know that these guys are around for so many different movies. We know that these guys aren't going to go anywhere for a while. We understand that. So one of the things that the MCU has to do, and that's why Infinity War was the most affecting movie that the MCU has ever had, because the heroes lose at the end of the day. Yeah. And they lose. And we now we know all these characters are coming back, but still it was flooring to watch it happen. Uh, it's a good departure from that to where, especially for someone who's not familiar with the source material, where you're not quite sure what's going to happen and who's going to survive and who's going to get a toe tag, you know? Wait, let's be, but let's be real. I think the reason that people are flocking to Invincible in the way they are is because even if you grew up on comic books, I think one of the cardinal sins was when they killed off Superman and brought him back because that made death something in comic books that just wasn't, you know, your biggest heroes are going to come back. And we've seen it, Winter Soldier, he's Bucky. We saw it back then. Nobody thought Bucky was going to come back. He was in that upper echelon of like, nobody's bringing back Uncle Ben. Nobody are bringing back these characters. And now every character has died. Every character has come back. And I think when you watch Invincible, when a character dies, you feel it. And, you, and it's the same thing with Walking Dead. Any character at any time, same thing with Game of Thrones, can be offed. 
And that raises the stakes in a way, like to your point, they can't do that in the MCU. We know for a fact these, <laughs> these actors are signed up for like six, seven, eight movies. And I think we're starting to see them run up against that challenge with these right. TV shows. So that's why I also yeah. felt it was a palate cleanser. And that's a good way to put it, a palate cleanser. My overall impression of the first season of Invincible, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was so well done. I'm talking 10 out of 10 in <laughs> every single category. I am in love with this series. This series is crazy fucking good. Right. Every character bothered me at times, which is always a great sign for a series because I felt connected to them. To me, Omni-Man is right up there in Homelander and the Plutonian territory in terms <laughs> of crazy, scary Superman analogs. The interpersonal relationship between Omni-Man and Debbie, everything worked to me. Every single thing worked to me. Now, as somebody, once again, though, I wasn't familiar with the, the source material. Uh, what about you? Overall, before we get into the nuts and bolts, how did you feel about the first season? I like the first season, but I'm going to do something that always annoys me. You ever have one of those friends that read the, the Game of Thrones books? And like you watching the TV show, be like, no, 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 no. I had them, but I got rid of them motherfuckers. No. Because they're annoying as hell. You know oh, how they're bro, like... <laughs> I, I had a homie. So listen, I had them. I used to. I had a homie named Christian. And Christian is a very talented guy. And I remember Christian was so excited about Game of Thrones, right? And he was telling me, I had never even heard of that shit before. This was like 2009, 2010. It's like they're making Game of Thrones. I, like, I don't even know what that is. He was talking about yeah. the Song of Fire and Ice. I said, no clue. <laughs> and then the first season comes and it's so good. And every time I call Christian to talk about it, Christian has got something stuck up his ass. But they didn't really do it like this. And that's not how it really happened. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Hell no. You're not about to ruin my shit. No, I don't, I don't want to know. Hey, I remember, I remember going, uh, we went to see The Departed and someone in our group was like, you guys got to see Infernal Affairs. I saw that shit. <laughs> I don't need you to big time me when I'm trying to watch my shit. I saw it. All right, stop. I hate it when people do that. And now you're going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. Fucking head and be that guy. No, I'm Charles. not going to be that guy. I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to be that guy. Because, like, I realize I'm one of those, like, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter people when you're trying to watch, like, the movie or TV show. Like, well, in the comic books or in the in the books, they he didn't really die. Like this. Oh, Kat came back to life in the books. Oh, she was Lady Dragness or whatever. Fuck off. I'm sick of it. And I think that's where I came at it was, like, I had some disappointments with the season just being so in love with the source material. But what I will say is, I was, I'm a, still a music journalist, and I, I hate it when people are like, yo, man, I was on this shit before everybody else. I'm like, no, let's have everybody love the thing because that means we're going to get more of it. I want more people to read independent comic books. I want more, like, a new generation to be like, oh, we don't got to do Superman. We don't have to just want to write for Batman or the X-Men. We can make our own shit. Mm. And that's what I'll say. Like, was the season to me perfect? No. But do I enjoy that everybody's falling in love with the characters that I'm already in love with? Absolutely. So I think the season did what it had to do. Now let's let's get into spoiler zone. Now let's get. We're, I gotta we do one there. thing. I need to do one thing before we get in the spoiler zone. I know we were only supposed to spend five minutes here, but I need to do one thing before we get in the spoiler zone. All right. Just tell me what your issue with the animation is, real quick. That's what I want to know. That's All right. It. So like everybody was was on me. And yeah. I was just like, I thought that like this was a commonly held belief. The animation to me in some points, I'm like, dog, I know Jeff Bezos. I know Jeff Bezos could like break off a billion dollars for them and it wouldn't even be nothing. I'm not saying he should. I'm just saying he could. It's nothing. And a couple extra million to Jeff Bezos is literally what he spends on any given day. And the animation to me, like I'm someone who loves, loves animated shows, loves anime, it's something that I've grown up on, still love it. And you're telling me, Van, that some of those background shots of everybody running away doesn't look like straight out of the 90s animation. I'm talking about like the MTV Spider-Man series. I'm not talking about the Fox Spider-Man series. I'm talking about the one that was like new CGI, looked terrible. Like some of the shots <laughs> in Invincible look 
garbage, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. I really, Stop. I really don't. Man. I, I think you look at the animation, you take it for what it is. I think the animation looks fine. I can't go from like Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen, which are anime, and like there's already stuff that New York Times articles about like the terrible conditions that anime animators have to deal with. But I can't go from Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer to some to some of the shit that Invincible tried to pass off. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I want more from American animation, but that's the last negative thing I'll probably say on this because I did like the season. I did like the season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now we are getting specifically into the spoilers for the Invincible season finale and for the season as a whole. If you have not at this point, Watch the season finale of Invincible. You should stop listening to the Midnight Boys right now because we are about <laughs> to ride into the Invincible season finale. Chalk full of spoilers from here on out. Okay. Wait, are you doing a 40-second recap? Um, No, there is no 40-second recap. No, How you have I... to do a 40-second recap of the, whole, of the whole series. I can't. You can't do a 40-second recap of an entire season. I do literally I... could do a 40-second recap of the entire series right now with nothing in front of me. Steven? I mean, all right, let's get the timer out. I would love to see this. <laughs> you want that if that if that, if that's what you if that's the type of shit you want, you know I what? Can do I'm it. A, I'm I'm gonna check it on my phone. Down, too. Guys. This is off the dome. Nothing, this is off the top of the dome. Mixtape Wayne. Let's go. All right, count it down <clears throat> in three, two, one, go. Mark Grayson is the son of uh, this world Superman called Omni-Man. He wants powers. He finally gets powers. He goes back to his dad. His dad is like, yeah, he tries to be a superhero. He meets the team team. He makes some uh, some friendships. He has a girlfriend. He goes through the whole Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane thing. They have their ups. They have their downs. Mark learns how to be a superhero. He finds out that his dad is evil. They fight it out. And at the end of it, we realize that Mark always had what he needed inside of him time. Steven? I mean, that was like 30.2 seconds. 30 seconds? I didn't even need the extra 10. So here's the deal. You definitely fit into the time. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) That was a garbage-ass recap. You skipped... From it's Mark the and Amber, it's the and then you went version. to the end. You got it in the time. You got it in the time. You got it in the time. But you left out a lot of shit. It's the like Cliff in the Notes recap. version. I'm not giving them the nitty gritty. We're about to give them the nitty gritty. You're being a hater. I'm not being a hater. I'm you not, said I you would have changed up on me, man. If no, you've no, already I'm, changed no, up on I'm, me. What I'm saying is, I'm saying that you didn't mention anything about Omni Man and Debbie. You didn't mention anything about Debbie suspecting that Omni-Man killed the original Guardians of the Globe. You didn't say it's so much shit. But you know what? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're the Omni-Man. You're the Omni-Man of the Midnight Boys. All right? And I had to step up when you left. Okay? I had to step up. Maybe I wasn't ready for it. 
but I'm here. Okay. I'm Mark. All right, we'll do it. All right, season finale reactions. Okay, this finale starts with just an insane... It's coming off the hip, the, the cliffhanger of the penultimate episode, and it leads into an insane battle between Invincible and Omni-Man. And I don't even know if you want to call it a battle as much as you want to call it a lesson. This was a lesson. Of course, Omni-Man finally reveals to, to Invincible that he was not coming from Viltrum to watch over planet Earth. He was coming from Viltrum to conquer planet Earth. And then there is, in my opinion, one of the most brutal animated sequences I have ever seen before in my life. As Invincible, obviously, I don't know what he thought of his son. If he thought his son was going to be like, okay, dad, let's go fuck up the Earthlings. Nah, dude, this guy's in high school. Like, he, he, this kid is in high school. Very inartfully done by Omni-Man. Wait, can I just say, Mark Mark wasn't scared enough for me. He needed that fear of like when your mom, like you knew you fucked up and your dad wasn't home and she gives you that, I right, I right, wait, wait till he gets home. Wait till I tell him. You know what I'm saying? And it puts the fear of God and you like, hopped. no, please don't. Like, we I'm can, glad like, you brought that up. I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up because my dad ain't even no Viltramite and I wouldn't talk to him like that. No. See, <laughs> if, if my dad told me right now, if my dad would told me right now, hey, Van, just let you know, your entire life, I've been a double agent for the Soviets and we got to go live in Moscow now. I'd be like, okay, father, I'm not saying nothing. I'm not nothing. Mark was just, and Mark's dad is Omni-Man, so that shows me his entire life. He wasn't getting it put on that ass. No. Like, they were they were doing timeouts in the Grayson house. But this, this battle, it wasn't so much a battle of strength because Mark's strength cannot compare to Omni-Man's. It was a battle of wills. Hmm. And in the end, I personally feel like Mark actually won the battle because he refused to give up and break his will to follow his father. What are your thoughts? I think the thing that was beautiful about the fight, besides the animation, that's obviously where all the budget went because it was a beautiful looking fight, is that throughout the whole series... It's a running joke on social media. Mark gets his ass kicked. I don't know if there is one battle that Mark truly, truly wins. Mm -hmm. And if you like go back to those first few episodes, we remember Mark when the alien invasion came and like he's getting it handed to him left and right. And like throughout the series, we see him having to pick himself up and feeling like he's not good enough. But throughout this whole fight, it's not like he's really getting in any like really strong, like, right hooks on Omni-Man. Omni-Man's taking blow after blow. But what ends up affecting Omni-Man is that he's going to have to kill Mark. Mark's not going to stop. Like, Mark's going to keep coming after him. What do they call it? Like, uh, when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Mark right. is the immovable object. And it's the, those emotions that finally gets... Omni-Man to do what we later learn Alan the alien comes and he's just like no Viltrumite's ever done that no Viltrumite just abandons their post and I was like that was the win for me that Mark didn't give up so starting with the fact that there's no Viltrumite that's ever abandoned their post Omni-Man seems unstoppable throughout the course of this right especially in this fight but Omni-Man does have a weakness his weakness as we see, is Mark. Yeah. That's his biggest weakness. Mark is Omni-Man's biggest weakness. Two reasons why I say that. Number one, he had a duty to the Viltrum Empire to kill Mark. He couldn't do it. That was his weakness. Number two, Mark himself shows what Omni-Man wasn't willing to do. I would imagine that no Viltrumite has ever left their post before because they probably have been raised and reared in a different way than what Mark was. Mm -hmm. When Omni-Man is recalling, uh, when he knocks Mark's teeth out and he's recalling watching that same snaggletooth young boy hit a ball, there was something different. There was something unique about humanity. Like in that, in that scene, Debbie is explaining humanity to Omni-Man, okay? She's explaining humanity to him. And at first, he doesn't get it, but then after a while, he does, and there's a there's a possibility to a possibility that in all of the places that he had, that he had visited, and all the times that these other Viltrumites had gone out and done this, that they hadn't come across a group of people just as beautifully fucked up as we are, right? 
whose lives, whose lives were as short and as precious as ours are, who enjoy things the way that we do. And so humanity might just be his weakness. And even you see that in the differing view that he has of, of, uh, of Mark's mom, Debbie, and Mark. He says, I do love your mother. I love your mother like a pet. And I have never heard a more devastatingly accurate way to describe that type of love. Because I love my dog. I <laughs> love Bozeman. Like, I love my dog. But I love him the way that you love a life form that you acknowledge is a lower life form than you. Something that you have to take care of. Something that you can do whatever you want with. It's a different type of love than something on the other side of you that you give agency and empower. And so he, unlike the love that he feels for Mark's mother, he obviously sees some of himself in Mark because he couldn't destroy him. When you look at that flashback scene, when Omni-Man is softening, when Mark is a little kid playing baseball, I think Debbie hits on kind of like the big, big theme of the whole, of the whole season. She's like, quote, as we get older, it's harder to feel that. The weight of the world, it bogs us down, but our children remind us of the joys in life. And I think so much of Invincible is about fatherhood. And it's about Omni-Man's internal struggle with what he owes his people, what he's been taught by his people, and what he owes his family. And I think what's interesting about this is like when you bring up kind of like the Superman analogs, is like for people who haven't kind of read the comics, around this time, like the 2000s, the 2010s, all of these series are being made like around the same time. When you talk about The Boys, Invincible, Netflix's Jupiter's Legacy, uh, The Runaways at Marvel, all of these are either about evil superheroes, evil supermen, or evil parents that have superpowers. And you have kind of this new class of comic book creators who are becoming fathers at the same time. So they're dealing with their own issues of fatherhood through these kind of like Superman analogs. And what I find so interesting about that is that it's such a kind of like, it's such a kind of like a thing when you like are you reach like your 30s and your 40s when you're starting to think about like, what did my father do right? What did my father do wrong? How am I like my father? And how can I be different? What lessons can I learn? And that's what excites me about the future of Invincible. Because to me, Mark has a lot of the things in him that his father did. He says the Viltrumite DNA is so pure. You're basically a full Viltrumite. And what we see of the Viltrumites is that like, it's not that they have the absence of emotion. It's that they can't control it. Like, Omni-Man is so angry. Omni-Man is so, like, when somebody gets in his way, we see with the Guardians of Globe, he doesn't know how to do anything but dispatch people. And I think that's something that, like, Mark is going to have to face. Uh, but I just thought that, like, that theme of kind of, like, fatherhood was just, like, was done perfectly in this last episode. One thing I'll say about that, it's funny that, when you talk about the evil Superman, that's even around the time, those 2010s, that they actually took Superman in the Injustice arc and actually then made him even evil. Yes. Because I think America's, I think a lot of these uh, heroes that we're talking about, they were born and really came the prominence in America's adolescence. Mm. You know, I mean, Superman comes in, I think, 1938, or, or, or thereabouts that time, but really begins, these comics really take off in the 50s and in, in the 60s. And that's around America's adolescence, right? I think as American society matured and we had we, we, we had an adult American society, right? And as yeah. American society matured, I think people's views of heroes changed. And I think the complexity of characters became more interesting than the purity of characters. Superman's purity is fucking boring. Just to be real. So boring. Superman's purity is boring. Batman's tortured, warped human mind is a plaything for writers. So many different ways that you can go. So many different lives that that he can that he can impact. And so when you look at these guys, it, it Omni-Man is all powerful and like all emotion, just like you said. And I got to be real with you. 
All the voice acting in this series is top-notch. Stephen Yoon, Sandra Oh, but J.K. Simmons as Omni-Man. Different worlds of talent. Different I am feeling, bro. When I say I am feeling J.K. Simmons as Omni-Man, the animated character has a pulse and a lifeblood. It's, it's, it's amazing. As far as it relates to Omni-Man, you said that it was a while in the comic books before it was discovered that he was the bad guy. Yeah. It comes much sooner in this series as in the first episode, basically. Or at least you know that he's not who he says he is in the first episode. Yeah. Did it happen too fast? Did, did it? Did, how, how does that change things for you as someone who's loyal to the source material? It happens too fast, but as someone who knows kind of like the streaming landscape that we're in, we're not even in like HBO land when you're watching The Sopranos and it can just like cook in the crock pot anymore. You know, and you, you're just right. the wire where you'll just watch the entire season one. And then it's not really till the last season. I mean, the last episode of that first season when you're you're all in anymore. We need like that big thing first episode. And I think like that's what they had to do to get a new generation into it. And And kind of going back to your point about kind of like these analogs. I think anybody can realize, like, by the time Omni-Man's taking out the Guardians of the Globe, you know, the people not only creating these comics, but the people who are looking at them, like, these are the children of the Vietnam War, children of the Iraq War. We've done lived through how many, like, the 2008 financial crisis, how many crises, and you see Omni-Man, and you know that that's a Superman analog, and in our brains, we're already taught that these symbols of hope, that you can't believe in them anymore, you know under the surface that you are going to, you are getting fucked over at every moment. So as much as I think like it probably would have been better writing to hold that off, I think that that's, that's kind of like the honey that you needed with the medicine. And that's kind of why I did enjoy this journey that they told it all with it very, very fast. Because I think as a, as a society now, we are trained not to believe in Superman. We are trained for good reason, not to believe in these institutions. They have stabbed us in the back too many times. And if they had waited for that reveal two, three episodes, I don't even think the Midnight Boys would be talking about Invincible if we're being honest. Interesting. So the series also put on its tinfoil hat in this episode. I saw tinfoil hat alert. Tinfoil hat (laughs) alert. When When Cecil was telling Mark about how they're putting stuff in the water so that we can't see the special light. If you guys are aware of all the tinfoil hatters out there, you know, they're putting fluoride in the water to do all kinds of stuff, chemtrails. That was not a great thing as like, like, you know, America is not doing that well with vaccinations, not as well as they could be. And then when he started talking about- What are you talking about? We're doing fucking fantastic with vaccinations. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I got a couple people who like, you got the vaccination? I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, he's like, how you feeling? I'm like, dog, man, we are not, we are no, not no, going no, where no, we're no. Okay. Okay. So listen, you just said two different things. You just said it's motherfuckers out there that don't want to take the vaccine. That's yeah. fine. If you want one though, Mostly for now, you can get. Oh no, one. that's different. If you want one, you could go get one. I'm oh, saying, yeah. like the, oh, the you people, mean American society? You people like American society? Get a cough. Like, like, is not respecting the fact that like there's some countries out here who don't even have it, and like right. we got states begging people like, yo, come down, take it. And once he started talking about the fluoride, uh, and that's why like Mark can't see everything that's going on in this like secret Pentagon base. I was like, God damn, this is not the right time to have to see. But why would the fluoride work on viltrumites? That's kind of that's a weird thing. That's what I wanted to know. That's like a, it, it, that doesn't make any sense. Like, he's got perfect viltrumite DNA, yet we can use fluoride tricks on him? That's, <laughs> it, that's wild to me. Like, my thing is that I know he's part human, but still, the, the human part ain't flying into space. So why would the fluoride get? Why don't you just bring Omni-Man <laughs> back down and give him some fluoride? You can hide all kinds of things from him. You can do all kinds of... Fluoride <laughs> makes it so he can't sit Anyway. Wait, can I, can I ask you a really quick question? I, I was watching this whole thing. I, another thing that popped out to me is, and I want to ask you, in terms of Invincible, but like in the larger world, I think the thing that Invincible asked was like, what responsibility do the strong 
have to protect the weak. Like, that is literally the whole kind of, like, battle between Omni-Man and Invincible. Omni-Man thinks that all of us are cavemen. And Invincible was raised with these, quote-unquote, cavemen. And even if we go back to a previous episode, Mark himself is kind of naive in that way. He says, I'm more of a big-picture superhero when he's talking to dude with the, uh, I forget his name, Titan. Titan. And all throughout this, this finale, like, Omni-Man is like, in order for our people to reach their full potential, we had to remove the weak from our society. Right. Which I think is so interesting. And I think it's like, it all speaks to Mark because technically, Mark wouldn't have made it on Viltrumite. Mark wasn't beating anybody this season. Mark was getting taken out by regular supervillains. Yeah, but he also, I also would say that being that he's human, maybe it took his powers a little while to come in or whatever. And then also he's raised, he wasn't raised in a war-torn, battle-scarred society. You know what I mean? It's like the difference between raising you or me right now and how would we look if we had been raised as Spartans or Roman centurions or, uh, you, you, you know what I mean? Or Mongol warriors or, or anyone like that in cultures that were bred for warfare and survival of the fittest. Wait, would you th- do you think you wouldn't make it as a Viltrumite? Probably not, and I'll tell you why. I'll be honest with you. It has to do with what what Omni Man's wife said to him. Omni Man's wife said that you need to have kids uh, in order to understand humanity and understand like the good things about life. And that's what we do because we get bogged down by the world. And I definitely get bogged down by the world, but I think I'm too easily entertained to <laughs> be a Viltrumite because the reality is when she's saying this, she's saying that she's like, "Oh, we need something to remind us." I'm like. Mm. A good torque video does that for me. Reminds me about the good things in life. You know, I see something shaking around and I go, hey, things aren't so bad. How could they be? Look at her. And the reality is like, if I could fly, the Viltrum people are going to probably have a problem getting me to report back in. Like, Van, where are you at right now? It's like, bro, I'm on planet XB9180. They have some ramen here that you have <laughs> Never tasted before in your life. Some torque videos and ramen, you're good. Have you conquered the planet yet? No, <laughs> I haven't. I like them. This tastes good. I'm not coming back to Viltrum. You know what I mean? It's, I'm not, I'm never coming back. As a matter of fact, they, these ladies down here look good. I'm going to have 500 kids and we're going to fight y'all. I don't want to come back to Viltrum because it seems like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> y'all seem whack to me. Y'all killing everybody. That's not me. But no, I get what you're... No, I would not make a good Viltrumite. I definitely wouldn't. We, we, we're we not... You and me are not Viltrumite. We're Midnight Boys. Yes. No, we, we like to get into stuff and have a good good time. We don't like to conquer people Ramen and, and take stuff videos. Home. That's all Ramen we want. Ramen and twerk videos. That's what we want. Like, we're Midnight Boys. We're, we're not... We're not... Ugh. Viltrumites. Uh, so... But speaking of the fluoride invisible world, though, what are they building in there? What do you think they're building in there? I mean, I don't want you to ruin, I don't want you to future spoil uh, for anyone, but as a reader of the source material, do you know what it is that they're building in there? And if so, it seems like they're pretty far along in it. I'm wondering why it wasn't deployed to try to stop Omni-Man. Oh, it's already, it was already in in the episode. They showed everything that they're building. I know they showed it, but I don't still, I still kind of don't know what it is. Yeah. So basically, Cecil's preparing. He's preparing for, for Nolan, Omni Man to come back. He's already in it. So we see him trying to, trying to revive uh, the immortal. We see the Reanimen. He's basically trying to concoct whatever plan he can. And this is all in it. No, I'm not spoiling anything. He's trying to concoct whatever he can to stop the Viltrumites from invading. And we already saw, like, he knows, like, damn, we threw everything we could at Omni-Man and we ain't got a shit to show for it. So he's already in his bag just being like, dog, we, we, we got to go back in the lab. You know what I'm saying? Why didn't he try to revive the immortal from the first time that he passed away? Because he didn't know. He didn't know. Like, this is this is some of the stuff that, like, they didn't explain enough. But, like, basically, you learn in the comic books that you can revive the immortal. If you, if you have his body parts together, if you place them together... Hence the name. Yeah, hence the name. But they didn't know that. They just, like... So now he's realizing after the Mahler twins put him together the first time, like, oh, like, even when he dies, we can put him back. But the funny thing is, we got to talk about episode five real quick. 
it is so funny when the immortal like wakes up and he screams, Omni Man. And he like he goes to go fight him. And Omni Man is like, get this weak ass motherfucker out of here. And he goes, just just just, 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 just chops him in face. Oh, just what is it have, bro? What 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 is the what was the immortal thinking? They must know. Omni Man is pretty unstoppable in this world where superheroes really take a lot of blows. The invulnerability here is not quite as, you know, Superman, you can't do anything to him. Very few people can. This is different. This doesn't really, these heroes inflict, they, they, they get damaged. In that situation, the immortal, to me, has got to know that charging at Omni-Man after he's always been killed once is not the best idea because he just ripped him in half. Like guts everywhere. It was. It Wait, was, can it was we talk crazy. about everybody's fighting strategy for a minute? Mark's fighting strategy against his dad was very poorly planned. It was, Ma- it was emotional. He didn't have a plan. He just learned that his dad is a is a part of a, a group of alien invaders. There was no well, plan. All I'm saying is like maybe he's a little bit like maybe he's a little bit uh more nimble. Like he can try to get like a few like some quick blows in him, fly away, quick blows. Like, my man wasn't even trying no strategy. He was going in there fucking blind. He's a Viltrumite. Like you said, he was he, he was emotional. He was crying. He was upset. He was charging. I kept waiting, to be honest with you, in the fight for his emotions to make him a charged up, much, much more formidable yes. threat. Maybe for him to go like Super Saiyan or something like that. But it never actually, that's not what happened. He's not on his father's level. I, what I will say is the loss that he that he suffers during this fight when he tries to save the mother and the daughter in the building. All the subway scene. When he, when Omni-Man takes Mark's head, lifts him up, and basically like, this is what you've done. And like right. the subway comes and he uses his shield and Mark's body is basically impaling all these humans. Ripping like, through all of those human beings. I was just, like, God damn. And all of that serves to let Mark know just how different he is. Mark knows that he's little d different, but Omni-Man is saying, no, you're not just different in that you're a Viltrumite. These people aren't even the same as you. (laughs) They have nothing in common with you. And they are so delicate as as it pertains to you, as compared to you. They are so delicate, so easily breakable. He keeps trying to tell them, all these people are going to be dying. You're going to live for thousands of years. Like, you're not one of them. Stop acting like that. And Mark's emotional connection to the Earth is actually what makes him not do it. And then, well, like we already said, Omni-Man's emotional connection to Mark is is the reason why. I will say, watching that, that is literally like when I was a teenager. And mind you, my dad was in the army. Like, he was buff. And I was just like, I got a little full of myself. I'm like, I think I could take him. I think I could take him. And then you realize, like, how strong your dad is like we were wrestling and like i was like god damn like this is like literally that moment when you're a teenager like nah my dad could still whoop my ass at any single moment i'll be honest with you i'm gonna be real with you i don't have that like it, it i think that our dad's generation was the last generation i'm serious about this i got a whole bit about this i think our father's generation how old is your dad if you don't mind me asking 45 50 45 50 45 50 I think our fathers, so you're my dad, you, your dad and my dad are around the same age. or whatever. So I think our father's generations are the last generation of old men to have old man strength. Old man dad strength. Like, and it's in the audience, my dad was not beating me. Like, I was coming to him be like, yo, like, I like, let's uh, go. Like, no, can you have to clean it up? Yeah. Can we get the one, like, let's have the one on one fight? And my dad's like, all right, cool, let's go. I used and to do it all the time. And it was just like the the old man's strength of that generation. Like, I was like... Like, like, I'm going to be real with you. Like, I don't think like Will Smith, who's like a generation under my dad, right? I don't think like Will Smith has old man strength. No, no. I don't think he... I don't think he has it. I don't think Jay-Z has old... I don't think they have old man strength. They, They didn't do the same stuff. And when I look at other guys that are even from around there, because these guys were a little bit older than me, I don't think they have old man strength. I know I don't have it. The only strength I have is strength from doing the goddamn Versa Climber and actually working out. It's, I got regular strength. I don't think, I think our dads, it was different. My, I think it was different, bro. I don't think it's different, man. Different. Yeah. Anyway, personally for Mark, everyone who knows about Invincible 
finally all got on the same page with it. We see Will, Eve, and Amber all at Burger Mart together. Everybody's telling each other secrets. In season two, is it going to be difficult to care about Mark's personal life? Because throughout the season, that was one of the best things. Wishing that Mark would tell Amber that he was invincible so that he didn't keep having to do that delicate dance with her. Uh, Seeing the way he juggled high school and everything else with him trying to find his footing as a superhero. It was very interesting. Now the stakes have risen so high that I don't know if that's going to work for season two. I don't, the, the stuff with Amber and Will and Eve was, to me, my least favorite part of the finale. Can they make that part of Mark's life work going forward? Oh, man. I'm not going to spoil anything, but what I'll say for my boy Robert Kirkman is that I've always gone back to, like, Invincible is a comic about subverting comics. Mark still has to subvert the the Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane love triangle. You know what I'm saying? We got Batman and Robin coming. You know? Like, what happens then? Okay. We still have... We still have... The whole, is Mark going to go to college? Does a superhero... Can a superhero go to college in this world? Like, if he's the new Superman, will he have time for that? How does he make money? Like, I will say, like the supporting cast is going to get richer, that's that's not going to go away. But uh, one thing before we before we go, I want to say the most emotional, we don't want, we, we got to touch on this. The most emotional part of this whole episode is when, like, Omni-Man is giving him the hands. They're on top of Mount Everest or where they are. And he's just like, in 500 years, you'll look 30 and the rest of the humans will be dead. And what will you have? And mark his bloody yeah. face. Like, yeah. he's crying, and he's, he says something to the effect that, Dad, I'll have you. I would have had you, yeah. And that shit got to me. Yeah, I cried. Listen, anytime it's about father, well, I don't care. <laughs> well, meet me in Temecula if you care about me crying. Anytime it's about fathers and sons and all of that type of stuff like that, it always gets me. And it was affecting. This, this was such a big betrayal. Did you cry at the end of Pursuit of Happiness? Or during Pursuit of Happiness? Oh, my God. So embarrassing. <laughs> It was so stupid. Yo, I'm about to cry right now with the Pursuit of Happiness <laughs> joint. The, like, the thing that really got me about the Pursuit of Happiness, I'm, I'm seriously g- getting, like, chills. The thing that got me about the end of the Pursuit of Happiness was when he walks over and he goes, was it easy as it made it look, Chris? And as you made it look, Chris? And he goes, no. And you just know that he has been sleeping in a bathroom. Yes. And all of that. It, it, it's like, oh my God. Just super amazing. Super amazing. But I'm a crier. Look, <laughs> I like to enjoy things. That's why I wouldn't make a good Viltramite. I'd be somewhere <laughs> on another planet and they'd be showing a movie. I'd be like, yo, how I'm going to kill these people when they just made something beautiful like Jerry Maguire? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they just, any race of people that could make Jerry Maguire. How could I take them over? I'm not. I'm not taking over a group of people that can make love in basketball. Human. These humans are okay, <laughs> and they got nachos. All right, we've warmed up your palate. Now it's time to get into the season one awards. All right, you ready? So, best fight. This is what's up for best fight: Omni Man versus the Guardians, Cecil versus Omni Man, underrated sleeper, Invincible versus the Alien Invasion, or. Invincible versus Battle Beast, because they're saying Lion, but the Battle Beast. So good job making the whole thing right there, guys. Oh, it's not even on the list. You got to go. It's Omni-Man Invincible. And this is why. Because to me, it was the best animated fight. But also, uh, the the mark of a good fight is when you show, show me some shit that I have not seen before. And the scene of, of Omni-Man holding up Invincible's body as a shield and killing all those people, I've never seen that. In, in any animated thing or any live action fight ever. So I'm I'm cheating, but it has to be Omni-Man versus Invincible. That's what I'm going with. That's a good that's a good answer. I think that it's not really a fight, but it is the best fight sequence. I mean, it's just really one person getting their ass kicked, which is still a fight, I guess. I'm going to go Cecil versus Omni-Man because I didn't know Cecil had it like that. <laughs> Cecil is really the only person to go up against Omni-Man and not come away the worst for wear. No fucks given. No fucks given from Cecil and also... It's, he didn't get his entrails ripped out or his face beat in or anything to that degree. So I, I, I go with that one. But I let's but I, let's give it up for Battle Beast because Battle Beast, I can't wait for him to return. He he wants all the smoke, bro. 
Battle Beast was pretty. I don't know too much about Battle Beast. I only saw him in that one episode. You know, I have to still read the, the Invincible series. So Battle Beast was pretty strong. All right, best side character. Cecil, Damien Darkblood, the Guardians, either iteration of the Guardians, Alan, Robot, or the Teen Team. Who you guys' best side character? Oh, gotta be Robot. Gotta be Rudy. He had the most interesting, the most interesting story. Like, my man, you think he's a robot? And then you realize, no, he's like this weird alien fetus and he just wants to be human. The whole Pinocchio story. How could you not love him? I am a sucker. If you're a sucker for fathers and sons, I am a sucker for like Pinocchio stories. Like, I just want to be a real boy. Gets me every single fucking time. Like, you like AI? Oh, yeah, I've never seen AI. I don't like AI. Watch the first half. Watch the Kubrick half. Don't watch the... You don't have to watch the Spielberg half if you don't got, Wait, oh, all right, cool, cool. I, want, I got you, I got you, I got you. It's not bad. It's not, not Ooh, bad, not bad. Who's your favorite side character? I go with Damien Darkblood. I thought he was very cool. Came in and he was putting everything together. He was pulling strings. He Hellboy was, uh, Light? You're riding for Hellboy? Costco yeah, Hellboy? I'm riding, I'm riding for Costco Hellboy. I like Damn. Costco Hellboy. I, I thought Damn. Costco Hellboy did a good job. Can I like what I like? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're being very Viltrumitish right now. Like, <laughs> let me be a person. Um, but yeah, I liked him. I thought that he's an underrated character because through his snooping around, he's really the person that got Omni-Man off of Earth because he pulled the shroud down. Debbie saw Omni-Man, which then led to Mark seeing Omni-Man, which led to man leaving and now we, we us not knowing what the what the status of everything is so i thought he was a very important character i really liked him all right best dramatic moment omni man kills the guardians omni man versus invincible robot changes bodies omni man leaves earth or is there another dramatic moment i think this was pretty much a shoe in for the most dramatic moment the best i think this whole moment. episode i think mark the mark and omni man not not the fight but omni man Going back, realizing what it is to be a father, Mark saying like, "Yo, I would still have you after 500 years." To me, got to, like that's easy. that's easily the best dramatic moment of the whole season. Easy, easy, easy. That that's the best dramatic moment. That's like one of the best dramatic moments I've seen in animated superhero fair in a very, very, very long time. If we can, I'm gonna throw in another award. All right, okay. for to, to get Twitter going, we've gone through Wandavision. We've gone through Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We got Invincible. Who gets the MVP award? In this season? Of, of all of those three shows that we've Ooh. seen so far. Not best, but most valuable player did the most with what they were given. I, I got to be honest with you. If by the, by the criteria that you just put out, shout out to Isaiah Thomas, the criteria. With the criteria you just put out, I go with John Walker. I thought the character of John Walker slash U.S. agent and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier did the most with what they had. It was, the to me, the character uh, that grounded that show and reigned that show back in. WandaVision, I'd say, doesn't really have very many MVPs that could, that could like, you know, you have Agnes, you have, obviously, uh, Wanda, but the show itself was a true ensemble to me. In terms of it, it wasn't really it wasn't a true ensemble in terms of screen time, but it was a true ensemble in terms of energy. We just didn't know enough about what was going on for anyone to really carry too much weight. And I don't feel like Wanda did. I really don't. Because we were she was in the dark half the time or pretending like she was in the dark half the time of what was happening. Uh, but I, I would go with John Walker. What about you? Who would you go with? This cheating a little bit, but I gotta give my MVP award to Robert Kirkman. You know, it's hard. It's hard to win that first ring. And he won that first ring with Walking Dead. Right. I would say it's even harder to win that second ring. To, to, do, to reach the summit once again. And he had Walking Dead. And to get people to care about Invincible, which was never like a blockbuster show. I mean, a blockbuster comic. All new characters. Animated. 45 minutes. That's a lot. Like, this is something that we've never really seen. And for him to go back and do it twice, I got to give it up to my man. Yeah, you said you're cheating a little. The reality is you cheated a fucking ton. All right, all right, all right. If because I have to choose Because you, you asked for MVP and then you gave out the Coach of the Year award. All right, so I'm going to give it's my like, MVP then. Who's the I, MVP of the league this year? I think 
that it should be Monty Williams. All right, all right, all right. I'll give you the in-universe, in-universe MVP. I think I got to go with J.K. Simmons. I think I got to go with Omni-Man. Oh, that's a good one. J.K. Simmons, because it's like J.K. Simmons, just what he gave to make me feel that much for an animated character. I think weirdly, J.K. Simmons did the best acting and he wasn't even on screen. I, I couldn't agree more. You know I what I'm saying? I think he was fantastic. He was given the least in terms of just like, like he has to make you care about a new character that many people haven't read and make you by the end be like, damn, where are we, man? Where, like, is he going to be back season two? Like, we got to give it up to J.K. Come on now. Got to give it up to J.K. Got to give it up. Okay, last one. Best episode of the season. What do you feel like the best episode of the season was? Best episode. I think it's the last one. I think this is, we talk about landings, you know, and I, I don't think it's any, any surprise to the listeners. I don't think we were a fan of the WandaVision finale. I don't think we were that big of fans of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale. And of course, Invincible is a little bit more accurate to the source material. Sure. But if we're talking about who did the landing, who stuck it, you know what I'm saying? Who brought it all home? It's invincible, this, this finale, because it took me a hater who was just like, man, the animation ain't really what I want, blah, 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 blah. And by the end of this episode, I'm like, God damn, they did the thing. They did the thing. So it has to be the season finale for me. I agree. I think it's the season finale. I do think that Invincible had sort of less variability between the episodes. They were all very, very high. There weren't very many bad ones. There's only one that I really was kind of like, that was just okay. But, uh, so yeah, it was a very high bar, but I think the last one was probably the best one too. It was just breathtaking, breathtaking, breathtaking animation, breathtaking animation, television. I loved it. I loved it. All right. Okay, guys, we are done with Invincible. Midnight Boys are done with Invincible. However, up next in the Ringiverse, Amalie Rubin in the House of Mal will be diving deep into the premiere of Bad Batch on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> exactly. You're going to have to, I don't know what the fuck you just did. That was my that was my lightsaber. What's your lightsaber? Charles. <laughs> That's my lightsaber sound. Charles, do the lightsaber sound again. Charles. I, Dog, it's 6 30. It's 6 30 for me, bro. Get bro, like I, I don't I don't know, Charles. No. You're acting like six, you're acting like 6 30 is late. I go to bed okay. at like 10 30. <laughs> I go to bed early too, Charles. But I don't know why your <laughs> lightsaber sound sounds like Alf and E.T. fucking <laughs> on a goddamn extraterrestrial. Like, I don't know why. You're, that's not what a lightsaber sounds like. A lightsaber sounds like this. But what, when, when they hit each other. That's a lightsaber. I'm doing when they clash. They, they, then when they clash, it's like. Okay, well, yeah, that's actually way better. That's way better than what I did. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you got going on, bro. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Jesus. <laughs> Follow Ringerverse on, at Ringerverse on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow and share the show. We coming back. We got five weeks, man, until Loki debuts, and we are going to find a way to bring you guys the Midnight Boys every Friday anyway. We going to do something. We got a couple of ideas brewing about how we stay relevant out there when we're in between MCU shows. But what we're not in between is beautiful fandom projects because there is stuff dropping every single day, every single week. And we're going to be right here to wake up and, um, and do it. Charles, you got an outro for us? You know I do. Roses are red and violets are blue. The Midnight Boys are back, baby. <laughs> That's the best one yet. Yeah. <laughs> we out. You know why I'd be a terrible bitch, Viltramite? Why? This is Charles Corner. When I was a kid, I was on the wrestling team.
And I was completely yeah. middle of the road. I did not have the fighter spirit in me at all, bro. Were you, like, were you middle of the road, though? Were you, I was. Were, third place, third place. Were you even the middle? I don't know if you were the middle. I was the middle. the middle. I wasn't, I wasn't the worst on the team, but I definitely wasn't the best. And you know, like, I was so middle of the road, they gave me a nickname. They called me Hurricane Holmes. And my coach was so <laughs> mad at Christ. me. He was so mad at them because, like, you do a chant before you go out on the mat. And as a prank, they all started calling me Hurricane Holmes. And my right. coach, like, pulls me before I go out of my match. He's like, yo, if you lose this shit, don't even come back to the bench. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> so I ran out there. That was the only time I had pinned somebody so fast. All the hot girls were watching. I was like, dog, y'all, I ain't getting beat in the locker room over this. So I know full well if I was on Viltramite, they'd all be like, damn, like, sh should we kill him or should he come along? I'm like, dog, y'all gonna have to Where are you from? Me. Where are you from again? Uh, Jersey Shore. I'm trying to think what geographical place you could be from where the hot girls come to high school wrestling matches. You know, like, we didn't even realize. No, it wasn't. They didn't come. Like, you know, you had the hot girls who were like, who would be like the managers of the fucking team. Oh, see, I don't like, know nothing about that. Like, wrestling is something that football players did to piss off the coach in Louisiana. <laughs> it was like, yo, I'm going to be on a wrestling team. What you wrestling for? 